0: Welcome everyone to a new five bullet point episode. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while already, you know what these episodes are about. If you're a new listener, well, let me give you a quick explanation. Whenever there have been five uh, episodes, I will put out a five bullet point episode which serves as a preview that contains info about the guests that appeared in the past five episodes and a short clip to get a taste of what the full interview is about. Now, besides serving as a way to discover an episode you might be interested in, these episodes are also a great uh, way to get your daily dose of inspiration, wisdom, and knowledge, as each clip contains valuable pieces of advice to broaden your perspective on life. It's actually how I personally love using these episodes myself. If you haven't listened to the past five bullet point episodes yet, and you liked this one, you can check out the other ones as well. And you can find them linked up in the show notes of this episode, where you can also find links to each interview that is mentioned in this current episode. Of course, you can also uh, just scroll, you know, through uh, whichever platform that you're using to listen to these podcasts to to find them. Having said that, please enjoy these five bullet points of uh, episodes 31 to 35. The first interview of uh, these past five episodes is episode 031 with Ashley McCann a therapist and eating disorder specialist who helps people free themselves from their eating disorder. There are many uh, who struggle with an eating disorder, such as anorexia, bulimia, and binge eating. Therefore, we decided to invite an expert, in this case, Ashley, to provide more information on this topic to help you understand it better and give out practical tips for anyone struggling. Here is a short clip from the interview. As a parent, how do you, you know, teach your children to not compare themselves to like the Instagram models or you know anything else on social media?
1: Yeah, it's interesting um, question. You, you know, for those people out there who are also thinking along the lines of, you know, just do eating disorders are they affected? Are social media turns the volume up on any self-doubt we have, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So if we have that lingering belief in the back of our mind that we're not good enough and then we see someone with like a better something than us. Yeah. <laughs> um, when it comes to body comparisons too, uh, what you'll find is most people have something in particular on their a part of their body that they hyper-focus on, right? And so then they'll compare to that particular part of another person. So if it's an arm or a nose, Right. And so it's like they're just turning the volume up without meaning to. Every time they look at social media, they're seeing examples of what they consider perfect. They're going, I'm not that, I'm not that, I'm not that. And that feeling of not enoughness goes up with it. So how do we teach our kids not to compare? Um, You know, I only have one child who's of an age that they would think about social media. He's a teenager and he doesn't have it because here's the thing. I can talk to him about not comparing the effects of social media are so profound that it is nearly impossible. It It is nearly impossible for that to not somehow get into his mental state. And so for now it's, it's not in a discussion about comparison I think that that is still so valuable though. It's not that we can't help our kids, right? We can help our kids. We want to help them be mentally and emotionally strong. And so we we talk to our kids about, you know, their relationship with themselves, how they're feeling. We talk about your kids' strengths. You can talk about what they think are their weaknesses. You can be there as a support to listen and to help them understand, be aware of where they're potentially judging themselves because that's exactly where they're comparing. Right. (laughs) Um, Help your child to see that they are enough and remind them of that. You know, we can't take for granted that sometimes just hearing these things as a child is enough up until um, you know, for some kids age nine, others age 12 what they are hearing of who they are in this world goes in their mind, like, like a concrete black, white belief, so if they are told by anyone, you're not good enough, that truly could just be it written. Kids also infer. So the beliefs that they have of themselves don't always come directly from the messages they received verbally. But if, um, unfortunately, in circumstances, research has shown of divorce, kids will feel like it was because of them.
0: That's now, true. Again,
1: we can work with our kids and we right. can help them heal that belief that so, you know, they're that is not written for someone who has been in a divorce, but to, to know that, that it is that black and white for kids. So talking to our kids is so important, helping them understand their value and enoughness and that there actually isn't perfect. Mm-hmm. There actually isn't perfect. That's Unless true. we redefine perfect to be whatever <laughs> feels good for you without anxiety. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, is this enough for you? Do you, do you feel good? Perfect. You're doing your homework and you made a mistake and you cross it off. Keep moving. That's perfect. You know? Um, So I I think that, you know, again, like helping our kids build an awareness of themselves that is healthy and balanced and how to cope. So the other piece around comparison and social media is talking about like, Oh, is it hard to see that? You know? What's it feel like when you're when you look at that, when you see that kid getting that award or when you see someone driving that fancy car? What is that like? What's that make you feel like? You know, helping them draw those connections, like, oh, I actually do feel kind of crappy, you know. Okay, okay. So what do we want to do with that? Because uh again, going back to that podcast of yours where it's like being aware of the fact that you have these thoughts. Is actually a superpower. It's not a bad thing. Very much so, right? So, being able to recognize that we do have difficult thoughts, that we do compare, because we're going to do it. The way our brains are built, unfortunately, is to identify problems constantly, our amygdala is like a heat seeking device, because it wanted us long, long ago to stay safe and alive. But now we find images on Instagram that are the problem.
0: The next podcast episode is episode 032 with Alex Lewis. Alex is a quadruple amputee who, after contracting strep A, which is a bacteria, lost all of his limbs as well as his lips over a period of a couple of months. Through many surgeries um, that helped him today, uh, also to actually reconstruct his lips, Alex is doing uh, just incredible things out there in the world, such as skydiving, kayaking around Greenland, climbing Ethiopia's tallest mountain, and just so many more uh, incredible things that you will discover if you listen to the full interview. If you're interested in gaining some wisdom from someone who literally went through hell and came true, definitely listen to the full interview with Alex Lewis. Here is a short clip from the interview. I read somewhere that you uh, also really liked the book Man's Search for Meaning by uh, Victor yeah. Franklin. And it truly is an incredible book. I've also read it uh, a few times. It's just amazing. Uh, do you recall out of the
2: book what like uh, spoke the most to you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I randomly, I got a, a check through the post. We set up the Anastasia's Trust at that point, And this was probably... I think I just started my facial surgery. So this was uh, late 2014. And a a, a letter came through our our door. And Lucy opened it. And and there was a check in there. And she read it. And she goes, You've got a check here from Coldplay. I said, said, Don't be ridiculous. What are you going to do? And she goes, No, there's a check here from Coldplay. And I looked at it. And it was actually a check from Coldplay. What? And And a little note from Chris Martin. Saying, look, I've heard about what you're going through. I think it's amazing how you're dealing with it, you, you know, your your capacity for it, what you're doing, how you feel about it. It's just unbelievable. And he'd read, and this story was from that that one picture that you showed earlier on. Uh-huh. That news up that news article ended up in the New York Times, and that's where he read it. Wow. And and then he and then he searched me out and he found the trust and he and he very kindly donated to it. And and in this note, he said, Look, you know, I think what you're going through is incredible. But if there's one thing I recommend for you is to read Man's Social Media by its Frankel. He said it's a, it's a it's a really hard read, but yeah, yes, I think it that's, there'll be a lot a lot in there that you resonate with. And I'm I'm a terrible reader, shocking. And I thought, well, if Chris Martin's telling me to do it, then it must be all right. I mean, yeah. cool. <laughs> uh, so I, I remember I downloaded it onto my iPad and I had all the surgery coming out. so I had loads of time in hospital recovering to read the book. And I remember one night I was, I, was, I was reading through it. And once I started it, that was it. I was just, I motored through it. I just found it absolutely fascinating. Mm-hmm. And it, it got to the point, um, and it was about three in the morning, and my eyes were drooping. And I, and it, it wasn't a quote by Frankel, but it was uh, a quote in in the text that said, once you work out the why, you will endure anyhow." Yeah. And it was like a lightning bolt moment. And it made me realize that my why is Lucy and Sam. They were, you know, it was Lucy, Sam and my dog, right at the top. They were the why to begin with. And, you know, at that point, we were starting to do more with other amputees that were coming into it, and we were helping them. And, you know, they were then part of the why. And the how was always going to be my lived difference, my quadruple amputation, how I live with facial disfigurement, how I live with uh, quadruple amputation. And I realised that the why was far outweighing the how. By a mile, and down the line, the why's just got bigger and bigger and bigger, and the how's got easier and easier and easier. It's kind of the the the, the scales have gone far. The why's gone up and up and up with just sheer numbers, and the how is just why well, it's just day to day living. Mm. Yeah, it's fine. You know, it's, it's really cool.
0: In episode 033, we invited empathy trainer Karen Fates on the show to talk about the widely fascinating topic of empathy. As Karen states and as you will learn in the episode, empathy is not a feeling but a practice. Even if you think you aren't good at it or you want to get even better at it, definitely have a listen to the full interview. Here is a short clip from the episode what would be like the fundamental ingredients that make empathy that allow you to feel like you're talking to an empathic person? And Mm -hmm. I could assume that like actively listening, feeling that someone is actively listening will be one of those main ingredients. But what are the other ones?
3: Yes. So there are three and it's um, intention, attention, and non-judgment. So I need to Hmm intend to understand you this is not something that happens automatically for anyone i mean someone may argue with me about that i would be happy to argue with them about that all of us everything everything that i see is coming through my eyes everything that i hear is coming through my ears you know everything is processed through my mind and my body so my default mode is always going to be self-centered and, there, and I don't judge, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's, an, it's a normal state of being. It's a common state of being that everything that I'm experiencing and everything that I'm expressing is centered in, I am the center of it. And that's okay. Sure. That's okay. But in order for me to understand you, I have to intentionally step outside of that. I have to intend to, or it will not happen. If mm. I don't, if I assume that I'm just an empathetic person, I'm probably lying to myself because you have to really intend to practice. Um, the sec second is attention. So, and they intention and attention go together, but attention is, is about being very present with someone and it's about
0: actively um, listening. Yeah.
3: I mean, actively listening, but also just, um, noticing being curious, Mm. being, um, you know, when you're observing. You're kind of investigating in a way that has your attention, you know, and that attention is really important. And then non-judgment is really, um, the practice of unconditional welcome. Non-judgment is about, and non-judgment is actually sometimes pretty difficult because most of us believe in, um, some kind of idea of good and bad, right? Most of us do. Some people don't. Um, and I think I probably do too, but I it's not helpful. It's not helpful when I'm when I'm trying to empathize with someone, instead of thinking of their behavior or their mannerisms or their personality in terms of good qualities and bad qualities. I have to let go of that and receive everything. And so without having favorites, without having favorite characteristics. So so non-judgment is about. Um, seeing things as they are, without placing any kind of moral or ethical or even you know value based judgment on mm. on not evaluating them, you are just allowing allowing them to be there, and yeah, it's the um, unconditional it's fun. Welcome. Say that again. Yeah.
0: The unconditional welcome.
3: Yeah, unconditional welcome. Yeah. It's fun um, when when people challenge it because it's um, yeah. And, and everybody challenges it a lot. You know, it's so easy to just you know, encounter someone who seems to be in the wrong or being very rude or something like this, and just and to imagine, you know, oh, that person is the asshole in this situation. Well, you don't know, you know, you don't you don't know what's going on um entirely inside or outside of that person. and And so it's, you know that that stepping aside, stepping away from. The judgment and yeah. just letting yourself be curious.
0: Next on is episode 034, where I invited a guest who has been on the podcast a few times, namely Dr. Martin Inderbitzen, a pancreatic cancer survivor and a neuroscientist. In this episode, we discuss the topics of life and death. I too participate actually much more in this interview to, uh, to my own experience of having uh, survived a cardiac arrest and living with a chronic heart disease. Together, Martin and I discuss our complicated relationship with being faced with our own death. Let's have a listen to a short clip from the full interview. How do you celebrate when you hear good news? Um, and also, is there any tips maybe that you could give to people listening on how to celebrate? or if they're bad at celebrating.
4: Mm -hmm. You mean like if they're bad, like how they can better celebrate or?
0: Yeah, or 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 if they just forget about it or something, Ah, when something good actually happens. And it's maybe more obvious when something really big has happened, like a surgery that was successful. But also people achieve big things or or goals just, which definitely deserve uh, celebration, right? Yeah.
4: I, I think in the in the bigger picture, what I do, I mean, I have a predictable situation because I have control scans and then I get results. All right. And so the the moment of getting good or bad news regarding to health is very clear. It's the day of the results. And I always take the day off, like no matter what the results are, they are off. And also if they are good, I will not go back to work. I just do whatever I feel like. And that's really good so i think that you can also apply for other things in, in at work or in your relationship like if there's something happens like hey let's reserve a day or an afternoon and do something special and you know celebrate that and it's i think it's a way of being conscious about allowing ourselves also to to say hey that was now really good or i did something good you know it's it's often we we. We are very judgmental with when we when we mess things up, but we are not so good in giving compliments. I, I mean, I don't know how it's in Belgium, but in Switzerland, it's like, don't give yourself compliments. And, and I think right. that's not good. Like, nah. I, I often say in my workshops, like like, if you do something well, what you can do, and I mean, people watching, they can see it, but like, if you're listening, what you can do is like, you can put your arm like out in front of you. Try it yeah. also with me, like all right yes and then you're gonna you're gonna bend it like 90 degrees like this and then you're gonna clap your (laughs) and so i do that a lot and you know when i show that to people the most of them start laughing and of course that's what you want because you want to give your brain a a boost of like Mm. confirmation of dopamine of like "Ah, (laughs) yeah sums up that was good more of that you know like this is the the positive feedback loop that you want to incorporate in your daily life and and i do that a lot like when i i I do something in the house that i was like like avoiding for a long time and then finally i don't know clean it up or i don't know say hey well done martin and like I give myself the compliment, and I think that's that's a really funny little trick that you can play around with, yes. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, because often we wait for other people to compliment ourselves, right. right? While we already know, like, oh, this was actually quite challenging and I did it, yeah. or I went through this tough time. Uh, don't wait, yeah, this, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah, um, Yeah, something that I do, and this year I'm doing it again, is, uh, so, my cardiac arrest happened on the 19th of February and yeah. I'm doing sort of like a re-birth birthday or something, you know? Yes. Yes. And I'm throwing uh every, well, last year I did it and uh, this, well, month or or uh, in February, yeah. we're doing it too. We're doing a costume party uh, nice. here in the apartments, <laughs> and it's, it's sort of like turning a, a dramatic thing into a very fun thing because i was so close yeah. to never seeing my friends ever again and yeah. it's not like i have to mention this like oh this is why i'm doing this party but yeah it's just for myself to be again like this is nice i almost lost yeah. this
4: yes yes and i guess I love people it. can. <clears throat> i love it that's really cool <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah and i guess people can do something in another way right it's like yeah. when you do something take a day like you said off go to a, a spa do some order food that you love do something yeah. that you like because you yeah. do deserve it
4: yes yeah and maybe it's just taking an afternoon off and not having a plan and just yeah. i don't know yeah. going to the city and see where you end up and maybe it's in a coffee shop or i don't know like it it's i think it's it's about the conscious decision of of allowing yourself to celebrate in one way or the other that is yeah. important yeah
0: and our last guest in this five bullet point episode is dr abby Metcalf, a psychologist and relationship expert with more than 30 years of experience in the field in this interview we talk about the topics of modern day dating and romantic relationships if you're looking to improve your romantic relationships, certainly have a listen to these episodes. Dr. Metcalf shares a lot of insights on this topic. And here is already a short piece from that interview. Hypothetically speaking, if you would um, give, uh, teach a class of 16 to 24, uh, 25 year olds for a year about relationships, mm-hmm what will be the topics that you would actually focus on
5: oh i love it i would focus on their self-awareness
0: yeah yeah uh-huh.
5: then i would focus on mindfulness because these are two different things
0: how okay? are they people different... put them
5: together a lot they're two separate items okay i am very self-aware that i'm controlling <laughs> i'm super controlling but i'm not always mindful that i'm doing it do you mm. see the difference so you can be self-aware about something but not, but not be in a moment and realize it's happening. And here's what happens a lot. Uh, so, uh, your partner comes to you and says, I'm feeling neglected. Okay, I don't know, something. I'm trying to think of something I've heard recently. And if I'm not being mindful in a moment, I, I'll probably get very defensive. Neglected? What do you mean? I cooked dinner last night. I gave you a blow job yesterday. I, you know, right? You'd get a list of all the reasons that they're wrong. Do you see the problem? And uh, trust me, people right now are nodding their heads going, oh my God, I do that all the time. <laughs> so, but when yourself, when you're in your moment, that's what mindfulness is, is being present in the here and now. I'm noticing like, ooh, oh, that hurts. Oh, I'm, oh, I really want to react. <laughs> you know, I really want to say all this stuff. Let me take a breath. And your answer is always to ask questions. Yeah. Always to be curious. I I say don't a lot. Don't sack your relationships. S-A-C. This works anywhere. Don't offer suggestions, give advice, or criticize. So I will also say that the coming to your partner saying, I feel neglected, isn't the best way to go. But at least one of you needs to be mindful to not let that devolve into an argument. And so you got to be curious. I mean, and truly curious. Don't be afraid. Lean in. Take that breath. You know, okay. I notice I'm feeling a little defensive and I don't want to be. I really want to hear what you're saying. Tell me more about what feels neglecting to you. Tell me more about what you'd like to see. How would you know I'm not neglecting you? What kinds of things would I be doing, saying? What kinds of things would we be doing, right? Find out what the target is. What you'll often find, I get this a lot, is that because I, right, I'm saying, well, I'm not neglecting you because I'm doing all these things. But that's not what my partner thinks. That's not what registers for them as what they're needing. So it doesn't matter. I can cook dinner every day. Like for Gary, cooking dinner for him doesn't mean anything. It really doesn't. It's not important to him. It's important to me. It's how I feel good taking care of my family. But it's not what he would need. Yeah. So when you ask, you get to hear and you really want to help people get there. You really want to encourage them to give you real, not what not to do, but what to do.
0: And that concludes this 5 bullet point episode of episodes 31 and 35. I hope you either found uh, an interesting episode uh, you would like to listen to in full to, or that this gave you your daily inspiration boost. Or even better, that it did both. To find any previous 5 bullet point episodes as well as each separate interview, have a look here through the podcast or you can also go to the show notes to find each episode linked up. If for some reason you can't find the info you're looking for in the description of this episode, you can also go directly to theipsproject.com slash podcast and search for 5 bullet points episodes. With that, I hope to get to welcome you again soon on another episode here on the IPS podcast. Until then, this is your host, Jelis Vaz, signing off. Before you take off, if you already feel like you've gained many lessons and insights from this episode and you want to continue your journey of personal growth, be sure to take a look at the IPS Academy where we offer in-depth quality and fun online courses from experts that have appeared here on the podcast. Learn from a two-time world record holder how to master goal setting and confidence. Learn from a certified stress educator how to manage your stress and live a more balanced life. Learn from a therapist how to heal past wounds and learn from a neuroscientist to master your mindset. These are but some of the course topics you can find at the IPS Academy. Each course we offer is made with fun animations, and stunning illustrations. There are also a few lessons to try for free so you can get a taste of what the course is like. We have countless reviews from other students so you can see what others think. And last but not least, there is a 30-day money-back guarantee if you end up not liking the course. If any of this sounds interesting to you, you can check out our courses by going to dipsprojectcom academy or by clicking on the link in the description of this episode.